jazz artist Kate McGarry and guitarist Keith Gans have been musical and life partners for the better part of 17 years, producing six critically acclaimed albums and earning two Grammy nominations for Best Jazz Vocal Album. After honing their craft on the New York City jazz scene for many, many years and a brief stint out west at the California Jazz Conservatory, the couple now live in Durham, North Carolina, where they live a peaceful life and devote their time to creating inspirational and beautiful music, such as this song you're listening to now, Both Sides Now, off their latest release, What to Wear in the Dark. We sat down just a few days after the release of this album, which was several weeks ago, to talk about their inspiration, what it's like to make an album like this, which took 11 years to come to fruition, talk about the inspirations behind various tracks, the arranging, um, how they collaborate as a couple. They reminisce a bit about when they first met and started playing music together, and we discuss several intricacies of the songs and how they approached recording with intention. Please enjoy this conversation with Keith and Kate. Welcome to The Playful Musician. I'm your host, Steve Davidson. Each week, I sit down with musicians from all different paths, from composers to conductors, percussionists to piccolo players, to tease out their strategies, practice habits, tips, tools, tricks, routines, and how they keep all of it playful. The Playful Musician is an intimate look into the lives of each musician, how they got to where they are, what motivates and inspires them, and what playing music means to them. If you'd like to learn more about the guests or just more about being playful, head on over to the website, theplayfulmusician.com. There you can find show notes, links to all references mentioned in the show, and all kinds of resources related to music. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to The Playful Musician on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, why not leave a review as well? Thanks again, and without further ado... Here is this week's episode. Kate and Keith, welcome to The Playful Musician. So great to have you both here. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. You guys just released an album last Thursday, right? Friday. 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 Yeah. Oh, Friday. Wow. That's exciting. How did yeah. that feel? Felt great. <laughs> Felt like a you know, elephant's gestation period of <laughs> yeah, like letting go of uh, some huge thing. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel relieved. Yeah, is yeah, there a lot of um, build up to the release? How did you pick the release date? I'm just curious. Or was that just yeah? How did you do that, Keith? You want to speak to that? Uh, I think it was kind of in conjunction with the record label and the PR company as to what when they thought a good time to release it would be based on when we finished finished with it. So maybe just going for kind of the beginning of the fall. I think sometimes summer is considered a kind of a downtime to release something. I'm, I'm not really sure of the what what the um, what that's based on, but that's what we came up with. Kate, how long were you guys working on this this project? I know it's been what, like four years since your last studio album. Um, uh, well, the, we really actually started working on this. The arrangements started coming out um, about eleven years ago when we were first when we were still in uh, New York and we were moving here. Um, that kind of part of that process started some of the arrangements and the songs started to come forward and be like strongly um, uh, showing themselves as like, oh, this is something that I want to say or this feels important. 
Right. And did was it your choice of songs? Did you do or Keith, do you choose do you guys choose together? How do you how did you choose the song? She she chooses the songs based on, you know, something that she feels like she has something a story to tell on, on that on that song or you know, it's a important connection with a particular song. And these songs, you know, so some of these arrangements go all the way back to to 2009 when we when we left New York. But you know, we've we've done uh, we've released three albums in the meantime. But there were right. there was these certain uh, kind of really involved uh, arrangements of these of these singer songwriter songs, mostly like from the 70s, Paul Simon and Joni Mitchell and Leonard Cohen. That Steely Dan, Steely Dan, that didn't really fit on those other albums. We did a more straight ahead album, and then we did a duo record, and then we did the trio record with with Gary. And these were these more big, involved kind of arrangements that felt like more like a full band kind of a thing that were were just ongoing all that time, and we were playing them at live shows, but they just weren't for those records and then then we finally kind of amassed the, the group of tunes that that felt like it completed this this record and uh and the first recording session for it was actually at the same time as when we recorded the trio record in 2017 with gary after we did those sessions like a, a week or a couple of weeks later we had obed calvera and ron miles come in and we were thinking we're going to do another, we're going to do those songs with that trio plus two more musicians. And when we did it, it's like we got some great stuff, but it didn't feel like that was the whole thing. It felt like some of these needed an even bigger band. Because um, on that session, like I played bass on a lot of the stuff live. So it was like bass, drums, right. keyboard, and trumpet. Um but anyway, so we we some of them just felt like they just needed to be bigger with a with a uh, you know a bigger group, and so right before uh, everything shut down in March 2020, we did another uh, session with Clarence Penn on drums and Sean Smith on bass yeah. and Gary, and yeah. uh, between those two sessions, we got uh, most what felt like most of the record, and then we then Kate still had. The idea for one more song, which was the the Cat Stevens tune on the road to find out, um, which we then we did that totally remotely during the pandemic with uh, wow. Aaron Bentledge in L.A. Um, did a vocal arrangement for it, and that was kind of the start of it. Then we worked on it, and we then we had other musicians, uh, you know, do their parts and send it all to me, and I put it together. Collaborate, yeah, very cool. Kate, the theme, so the title, What to Wear in the Dark, I mean, you started this 11 years ago, but it feels all very timely. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. that just serendipity? I mean. <laughs> we didn't, yeah, I think we yeah. didn't realize how, you know, I mean, it was definitely what was happening. There were things that were happening in, in you know, our worlds that were like that, especially for me, um, that feeling of just being in backed into a corner and not really seeing a way out and just feeling like there was just darkness. And then as the arrangements and the song started to come, it was like the, the country was just going deeper and deeper into the same thing. And, and it's just gotten, you know, more and more intense and, yeah. and uh, you know, just everything that, that we were dealing with all the themes we were just seeing mirrored in the world. And, um, and so it became kind of a, a combination of personal, you know, dark nights of the soul and, and, you know, global and, uh, nation nationwide ones. And it, it really, yeah, that's definitely feels <laughs> like, uh, uh, on a multi-level, <laughs> Yeah. Situation, yeah. Yeah, I kept saying it was like, wow, we didn't know, we didn't realize how dark when we, when we started, <laughs> you know, cuz she had the name for this project years ago. 
Yeah. Really? It, it really came at the very yeah. beginning. It was that was actually one of the first things that came after the first two songs. It was the first one was uh um the Paul Simon song because the there was a certain line in it that just I kept hearing um the one you know life I love you because it was sort of like kind of calling to me in the midst of of a lot of darkness and not really seeing you know a way out but then getting very very quiet and hearing that that line it was kind of interesting and then the song I just you know was just I kept playing it over and over again and and then all these different time signatures and ways to do it and everything started coming and, and the song started exploding into all these new, you know, ways. But they were all part of the narrative that I had, which was very different from Paul Simon's original narrative. You know, um, it felt more it was just very personal to me. And and then the same thing happened with the, the Leonard Cohen song. Someone asked us to sing to play that at a funeral. And I had never that wasn't one of his songs that I knew. So I learned it. And then right away, it just felt like, um, you know, uh, that was the kind of like the key, you know, to opening, um, you know, the, the door to let the light, you know, the whole thing, it just <laughs> felt, it just felt like, Oh, the answers are right here. The pain is here. And, and, facing the pain is here and it's not you know circumventing it and it's not it's not pollyanning it it's not um it's really this feels like adult you know life and like um dealing with it and and finding a place of acceptance for yourself in yourself and all of that stuff um yeah and so it from those two I just I felt that darkness and I felt, you know, what to wear in the dark was these, this music, you know, came. Uh, and then from there, it just started growing. It's a beautiful arc to the recording. And um, obviously you put a lot of intention into the, you know, the track sequence. And it, there's a lot of, it. you know, it, it ends on, I would say, on a very bright hopeful outlook um how do you how did how do you um decide the programming like do you guys sit down together and say okay this this should be here this should be here i mean in some ways this one seems sort of obvious but um just curious mm -hmm. about how you think about programming for the, for a record yeah this one this one is actually the easiest one ever <laughs> of all the ones we've done to do the programming for whatever reason, like in the past, you know, it's been a real, a real undertaking where, you know, we, we, we both have our, we both listen to it and we have our ideas and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll agree about, you know, a lot of elements, but there'll be, uh, you know, we'll have different strong ideas about, some some aspect of it and you know with the order it's like if you change one song you might have to change five songs right uh, so yeah i mean uh, up before this one it was always kind of like it might might be like a week-long you know thing of <laughs> okay check listen to this order then we listen to that listen to this and then we go back and forth and then this one was we both we, we listened that we sat down together and we we kind of just said like what about what starts with this what is, I swear in like, just like five minutes we 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 just agreed on the order. And but then like the next day Kate had like one tweak and mm. we actually swapped two songs. Yes. And and then that was it. Yeah. So it Which, may be because this it may kind of be because this one it felt like uh well, I don't know. You know, it just didn't feel like that there was as many different ways it could go. And I guess we did like the feeling of it going from dark to, you know, it kind of mirroring the journey of the, the coming from the darkness and, and coming to the light and, and have ending on an uplifting, uh, upward, upward sure. climb. I was going to say uh, in, in the past, like when, when we were on Palmetto label, 
we used to have to really drag, knock down, drag out, and they had the final say. Oh, did on they? It. Yeah, I mean, and so often we wouldn't get it necessarily how we how we wanted, but that would take that was a whole other element, and we didn't have that um, with this label um, because they're uh, it's a real artist centered label, and they really wanted um, us to finish and complete our vision, however it was for us, and then and then give it to them. So that's how that one, that's how that one went. Yeah. And as far as the the switch, I think the thing that we did was I really wanted to bring um, uh, both sides now earlier in the earlier. record. And, um, yeah. and even though it's not, that one isn't, isn't uh, particularly, it's not light or dark. It's very, it's kind of in the middle. Um, it still felt like the right place for it. And I'm glad, I'm glad it's there. Yeah. It's, it's like the, I think it's the third, third. track. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That track, it really hit me like, whew, so heartfelt and Clarence and Sean together, man, man. Right? <laughs> I know, right? It's really strong. I. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. one I'm going to be listening to a lot. Like, um, had you guys played much with Sean Smith? before this i've played uh, when i lived in new york i was in sean's band for okay for almost the whole for what like 10 years um and I, anytime i did instrumental gigs he was always my my first call so we you know we played a million gigs together <laughs> and then we, we brought him in various times with kate he was on uh, mercy streets okay um that record and and that's how actually i met keith Oh yeah, on Mercy Street. I was going to ask no, about no, that. No, no, no. On, on, on a gig on a with gig Sean with Smith. Sean. Oh, on a gig with Sean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He asked what, Keith for a recommendation for a singer, right? Or no? Yeah. Keith, you asked Sean for a recommendation. I asked for Sean a for a recommendation. We had a little gig at a at a bistro in mm -hmm. Manhattan, and for for guitar, bass, and a singer, and and he's like, "Oh, I just played with someone that, that you're going to love." 2003, uh, and, and it was a, I had played with him at Cornelia Street Cafe in New York, mm -hmm. which is now closed. Boo -hoo. Um, one of the many that shut down, but uh, yeah, and uh, and I ha had had a great time with him, and and then he recommended me for Keith's yeah. gig. <laughs> and what was that gig? That first gig like together? It was remember? great. It was a, it was you know like we just hit it off musically you know right away. And uh, just had a great time, but we were both with other people at the time. In fact, I had brought my girlfriend was there. She came with. <laughs> she was there in the in the at the bar, scowling away. Mm. <laughs> but but we were. I mean, it wasn't at all. You know, like that. Yeah. To like whatever a year yeah. or so later, we kind of got together long after I'd broken up and moved out. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. But there was right away, there was an affinity and he gave me his, uh, Keith gave me his album called music for people. Do you, have we sent that to you, Steve? No, I, Oh, I, you gotta hear it. it yeah. Really, I would really love great. to. Yeah. It's really special. He made it himself. Right. In any yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it, it wasn't actually, in, I wasn't recording, making those recordings actually to make an album. It was just, I was writing this, these kind of somewhat long form compositions at the time, just on solo acoustic guitar, basically. And then when I would finish them, I would just recorded them at home just to kind of like hear it. And because some of them took a really long time to finish. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, at some point I played them for some people and everyone that played them for just kept saying, you should, you know, just make, put these out as a record. So I had, I ended up with, I think, 10, 10 tracks, and so I just made a solo acoustic record out of it. They're all just recorded in my apartment in, in New York. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and someone even pointed out, someone in, in like a review, a friend of mine uh, mentioned like, you know, you could hear taxis in, in the background, <laughs> and they were, they were kind of like, it was like a positive thing for, it was like right. a cool thing the for ambience. them. Like, that it, yeah. And I was like, really? What? And, <laughs> And I had to go back and listen, and then like, 
you know, in the background on one track, I could kind of hear like a, like a car <laughs> horn or something. But that's how I first heard him. And it was just like, oh, man, I feel so uh, connected, you know. And we always, it was just like we all, we just had this similar way of, um, you know, like, yeah, like two fish, just kind of like our, our tendencies were very similar. Yeah, sensibilities and tastes and all that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like people, you know, often ask us like, you know, about, you know, how did we develop our musical connection or practicing or, or and it's really, it was just, we just have the same taste and the same mm-hmm. instincts pretty much most of the time. And that was just like that the first time we played and it's not something yeah. we ever like negotiated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what do you do in those instances when you don't agree? Like how do how do you, how do you, uh, come to a common ground? Mm. How does that work? It feels like it doesn't happen very often. I think we we certainly now like have gotten a lot clearer about roles and what one person's strengths are and what another person's strengths are. Mm -hmm. And we trust each other in those more. So it feels like I feel the space around my choices that Keith goes like, yeah, that's your, I don't know, your realm and you know what you what you need in that realm. And then I don't know, I certainly like having watched him at the, at the mixing board and and for eons and days and days and days know that his, you know, what he's hearing, like, I don't know. It just, uh, doesn't, I don't feel like there's that many arguments about it. Keith, what, what do you think? Um, I think like, you know, we're, we're pretty good at like, if we have a disagreement about something, just like each person saying, you know, what, why they, you know, why they feel that way and what, what they're hearing. And then Mm -hmm. we both, you know, and then we just both sort of listen to the, you know, to that idea and the music and, and, uh, and then we usually just, then we usually end up agreeing on, on something. (laughs) Right. Come to agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And I think we both, it's clear that we both, you know, have hold certain keys to different parts of it. Like, you know, when I'm working on the editing and the mixing and stuff, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work on something, you know, by myself for half a day or something, knowing that, you know, following sort of, you know, my instincts, but knowing that like, I'm going to have to have, ask Kate to come in and listen to it mm-hmm. to, to sort of like check, you know, she's like, right. the water, like the, the divining rod. I mean, really, right. and just, and just <laughs> say gauge. like, you know, what does this sound like? And either it'll be like, Oh yeah. Or it'll be like, you know, well, yeah. you know, cause she's, cause she, you know, feels it and hears it, you know, more f- fully from just the, you know, like the non Spock place. Um, <laughs> and, and I feel like I'm super sensitive to that place, but especially when you're mixing, you know, I can't help but half be living in the, in the yeah. Spock realm and, and, you know, and might have, yeah, you know, you, you follow things that you think are cool sonically or whatever. Um, so I always have to have her come in to get a check just on the, on the big picture and, and on the, on the, you know, the heart of it. And then, and then as soon as she tells me like what, you know, how it feels to her and what she's, you know, how it strikes her, then, then like, I know what to, to do to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. But I'll often uh-huh. just get to a point where I know I have to stop. Right. Like there's no point in doing anything else until I get her to come in and see get where I'm at with it. On it. Yeah. 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 Here's another cut off the album What to Wear in the Dark. This is Here Comes the Sun. Little darling, it's been a long, cold, lonely winter. Little 
darling, it feels like years since it's been here. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun, and I say it's alright. Who wrote the little da 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 da? Mm-hmm. That little ditty is so catchy. Like, oh, thanks. Who's, uh, who's, who's I, I did. That? I that's did. Great, Keith. That's oh, like thanks. Thanks. That's that. what he usually <laughs> does. That's the thing that I love about. It. It's like he comes up with. He just like I don't know. He re, when when whatever the arrangement idea is, whatever you know, I'm I've worked out something and then on piano or something and then. When he, he like turns it into, uh, he takes it to the guitar, just like, you know, all of a sudden it comes to life with these little motifs and, and different things that just, you know, really help it be like, no, this is its own thing. It's new. You can hear a new narrative, you know? Yeah. That yeah, one that, was, go ahead. No, that really defines that piece. That's just like, that was brilliant. <laughs> oh, Truly thanks. brilliant. That was, uh, when we did the previous record and we did our, our like, you know, crowdfunding thing for Subject to Nice Love, one of the perks that we offered for, you know, certain level of donation was to arrange, uh, do an arrangement of, of a song of any of the people's choosing oh, okay. uh, and, and make a little recording and send it to them. So someone requested that song. Um, so it was probably, you know, that what you're talking about was born of, you know, it just being a, a, a guitar voice duo arrangement, you know, to, mm-hmm. and, and so we just, I was just messing around with like trying to come up with something, you know, that felt like a starting point for the song. And, um, and then we did it, we did it like that. And it was really sweet as a duo. Uh, and then that was kind of one of the later additions to this set. Of, of uh, like, what if we did that with the band? You know, to, mm. to kind of bring bring us to bring us yeah. to the light a little bit. We got to get out. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, a fox just ran down the street. Oh, cool. <laughs> wonder what, what fox. What wonder what mean? fox totem is. Yeah, we know, there he goes. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's just like running up the street right now. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's a great. That's a really great arrangement. Oh, appreciate that. You know what's, how, what's interesting to me in a in a guitar nerd way, which <laughs> I don't know who you, who you're. Oh, there's all is, kinds of nerds on but, here. So yeah, <laughs> okay, so I figured. Yeah, so when I came up, so like on the guitar for me, it's so much about for, for, for what interests me is so much about like finding something kind of new that I haven't heard mm. on the guitar because it's guitar is such a like you know i don't know it's like when i first started learning guitar when i heard people like playing a simple song and playing the the common strumming voicings they sounded so familiar to me and i always felt like i wanted i would want to do that differently even if it's Mm -hmm. the same chords i would just want it to sound different like it and so when, when i'm doing like an arrangement or even just coming up with a part for something i'm always like looking at the guitar you know, because the guitar is like so suggestive of the things. The fretboard just kind of like tells you right. what to do. 
And I'm <laughs> always trying to like find a way out of that. So when I came up with that part, <clears throat> I did it <clears throat> like with a capo and way up on the neck. And I was like trying to find some little part that I would be different than what I would just find in regular tuning on in the mm -hmm. open position. And I came up with this part where I was like, the do -do 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 -do. it was a lot of combination of fretted notes and then open strings next to them for these linear parts. So that's how I always played it. And I, and I was like really happy with it. And it sounded kind of cool with the contrast between the high fretted notes and then the open strings. <clears throat> and, and then when we started playing with the band, I was like, Oh, how am I going to play this? Like with the capo and way up here. And then when I wanted to like take a solo or anything, you know, I'm, you know, I have to take the capo off and all that. Anyway, finally, when we were just rehearsing this to, to, to play it again with the band, I was like, I wonder if I could just play this in the, without the capo and just regular open position and regular tuning. And then it, it turned out it was like actually perfectly easy and normal to play <laughs> just in open C chord. And it sounds just the same. But the right. whole way that I came up with that part was like by, you know, going going around my back the other way to, to, to like try to make my, get myself out of the normal things that I would see and, and think of on the guitar. And th I thought I had found something that was like really obscure. And then it turned out it was like <laughs> super natural and easy to play just in open C. Right. <laughs> Kate, do you do that as well? Do you like think about like, okay, my tendency is I, you know, I, I, I fall into this groove a lot. Like I want to move into a different groove or I want to do something that I don't normally do. Do you, uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's sort of more, just I'm just, I wish, I wish I had that deep of a relationship with it that I was like, <laughs> or, or that familiar, but it's mm. not, it's really a space, like an arrangement or something like that. It really feels like a, you know, some kind of like just a, a space where, where the narrative has to be so compelling that it's like, you know, bothering me, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> and, and, um, I, I rarely have a, do the thing where it's like, Oh, I'm going to arrange blah, 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 or whatever. Right, it's right. more like, Oh my God, this thing is, you know, some, <laughs> either something has happened, you know, in the world or yeah. something has happened in my life. And then a, some kind of song feels like it addresses that. That's what it was in, Bar in Barrytown, Trayvon Martin's murder was the kind of impetus for that um, for that arrangement and the sorrow and rage and um, you know all of that that feeling and the like sort of the disbelief like not not really understanding like that you know a whole like population of our, our country lives with a different justice system like as a white person not really seeing that until that time you know knowing about it but not really, you know, being able to conveniently turn a, a, a bit of a blind eye. And um, and that realization just like prompted this kind of deep dive with the song that ended up kind of churning and churning until those, you know, that came together. And of course, it wasn't just me. It was the combination of my ideas and then bringing it, you know, um, and Keith and et cetera. Um, but for the most part, it's it's more... I'm just desperately trying to listen to what's happening inside. I'm not trying to control it. Um, just trying to listen and get some kind of sound representative of it. And then often it feels like I've got some weird, you know, uh, a chord with all these weird extensions or something like that. You know, it's like, what mm -hmm. is this? You know, and it turns out when I take it to Keith, it's like, well, it's like a, you know, that's just a, this, you know, and it's because right, right. there's some other way to say it that's like more simple than what I was thinking or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But but usually the the kinds of uh, uh, tensions and extensions I'm hearing feel very specific to me, you know. Um, so it can't just be like, well, stick in a, you know, G major seven sharp eleven here and we'll be all set or whatever, <laughs> right, you know. Right, right, right can't it's oftentimes it's just like very very sparse it's just you know the g with the 
you know, with the two next to it, you know, and that's it. Sure. It can't be any more notes until the next part, you know. <laughs> On the road to find out that, um, that reminded me a lot of, uh, Sage. Um, and I know one of the members of Sage, uh, sang on that, right? Yeah, she, she, yeah. Um, that was, and did she arrange her, it? Or? She, yeah, that the vocal arrangement was done okay. by her. Um, I had, uh, I think Keith and I did the, you know, the basic, the arrangement of the song. Um, and, and she also participated in that, but then, you know, it was sort of like getting it into the vocal land that I was hearing. I, I knew I wanted, you know, um, somebody with a different sensibility and skill set than what I had to do that part. And, yeah. and everything I've heard from her is just, you know, this is, this is Aaron, Aaron Bentledge. Who we're talking yes. about. Aaron Bentledge. And then there was another woman singing on that track too, right? Oh, there were two, two, uh, Becca Stevens and Michelle Willis, um, were okay. singing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle Please. Willis is also playing keyboards and Becca is playing, um, her charango, charango. Yeah. Yeah, as soon who as you know, as soon as we <clears throat> realized it was gonna be a, a vocal, you know, uh three other singers or two other singers besides Kate and Aaron, we we yeah. immediately uh called uh, Becca and Michelle and <clears throat> they both just have such um, amazing voices and, and just you know, was that was a no brainer. Yeah. yeah. It's really beautiful the female female voices singing together like that. There's something really special about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the, the, well, the main challenge like that of kind of what we've done our whole, our whole career together of where we take these, uh, you know, pop songs basically and, and try to find a way to, to, be able to play them as jazz musicians, but have them still retain the qualities, you know, that made us want to do the song in the first place and not just mm -hmm. completely dispatch that and just use the yeah. melody and make it into to jazzy jazz. Um, <laughs> and, I you like know, that. so, <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it, so you have to find like, <clears throat> you know, some things that you're going to keep, you know, from, from, that make the song kind of what it is. And, and it, it might be something different each time with each one, like what, what you can keep and then, ha and then how do you open it up and, and make it an open space for, for kind of more jazz playing. And when this was the last song that we did and we had kind of almost finished the whole record, which we'd been working on forever. And then Kate was like, uh, Hey, I've got, this, I've, I've got I've got this one more song that I want want to do, and then and you know this is like the end of a ten year ten year project, and I was like, what? And uh, <laughs> really? She, yeah, because I hadn't really shared it with him, partially because I was a, sort of nervous about that, you know, because it felt like, <laughs> oh my god, you know, we've worked so so one hard on thing. all these other yeah. things. But this one song, it just, it, I knew that it was supposed to be on there and I knew that it was supposed to be different from the other ones. I didn't hear how it could be with a band and I didn't hear, I really heard that it was other voices and that it was going to be, it, for me, I was thinking of uh, a song from one of our other records um, that an arrangement that I did, did of a Crosby, Stills and Nash song, You Don't Have to Cry. I don't know if you've ever heard heard that, but um it has, you know, two other voices and it's more percussion oriented and the har harmonic aspect is really sparse. And um, and so I was kind of feeling like it was going to go down that road. Um, and of course, it, it it turned into something much bigger than what I had, um, much better than what I had mm. been able to, you know, see on my own. And that's, yeah, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> so when she... So when she played the, that song for me, you know, it has very, very simple chords, as a lot of these songs do, but that one sort of even more so uh, as far as, like, the way the harmony goes. And just at that point in the process, 
you know, and that's kind of like the hardest thing with these songs is how to open up the harmony to make it, you know, a kind of a jazz realm, but without just, you know, but had it still feel related to the song and still feel like it expresses the song. Right. And, and that one, I was just like, I didn't know the song and it was really simple. And at that point in the process, I was like, I just don't have anything uh, on this <laughs> harmonically. So then she just, cause normally like we would kind of a, arrange the song and then have someone like in this case, Aaron do a vocal arrangement. I was like, I don't have anything just like, you know, give it to her and see what she, see she does. So that one, so that's how we kind of got out of the box on that one was it actually started with her giving us some vocal arrangement ideas and we, you know, gave her a little feedback of which things that we liked. And then it really just started from, from her vocal arrangement. And then, and that kind of got us to, okay, here's what the song was going to sound like. It got us out of the box and into a new place with it. And then we, then we did our, you know, our arranging thing of like how, how the journey is going to go from, from beginning to end. How fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really fulfilling as it came together, you know, especially being able to do it pandemic style. Like we couldn't <laughs> record together. It wasn't going to work. And we felt like, I felt like we were kind of joining the new generation because all the kids, you know, right, Becca and Michelle, they were so it. used to, and Aaron, they were completely right, used to doing, doing that. that yeah. They were like, oh yeah, okay, I'll just knock this out on my, in my vocal studio, you know, that I yeah. have in my closet, you know. Mm. <laughs> Tell me about the original. How did, how did that come about? The la it's the last track on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens all the time in heaven. Um, Hafiz, uh, the 14th century poet, Saint, Saint um, Sufi, um, has been a, a, a real inspiration and spiritual kind of guide. And for, you know, a couple decades, I think I, I was first introduced to um, his, his poetry in um, like the early nineties or mid nineties. And, um, and I think that I'm sure I heard that poem back then, but, um, and it touched me. And um, actually I was working with this wonderful singer, Gian Slater, oh, Gian Slater. that, I, oh, that, that yeah. I introduced you to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and uh, she was, she was encouraging me to, to write. Uh, we were kind of, I was kind of doing a little workshop with her where, she had said, you know, take some poetry. And I had, I was thinking of my friend Theo um, Blackman, who, if you yeah, haven't Blackman. talked to him, you should totally talk to him. He's, I want he's to. Amazing. I totally do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but he, uh, and I knew he was getting married uh, soon to his, his partner. And um, I just had him in mind, um, the the joy and the love. And, and, and I loved how the, the, well, it's the it's actually the interpreter Daniel Ladinsky um, who who kind of he's it's a reinterpretation of the Hafiz. It's not a, a real direct um, translation. Um, it's a yeah, it's a reinterpretation is a fairer way to say it. And um, he's had, just has this m real modernized you know a way to kind of bring it right into the um, the present time and. Uh, it felt like it just got to the crux of um, of everything on the record, you know, the whole thing. Of, yeah. Like, well, how? What's the remedy here? What's the real remedy? Is my dear, my dear, how can I be more loving to you? You know, that between humans, between you know, uh, towns, <laughs> town halls, or yeah. across the nations, or whatever it is, that's going to be the you know if there's any way out that and, and even, and, and, and with ourselves, you know, and that just really seems to be, and, and as I, you know, wrote the music for it, that was the feeling that I had was of just wanting to experience, or I, maybe I was felt like I was touching it in the music, you know, the music was helping me like experience it, 
and myself, all of those, the things that he was saying, he goes through men and men who are lovers, women and women who give each other light, you know, all the different, different ones. And, um, and how they, they're all the same when it comes down to it. It's just about you hold the other person's hand and look in their eyes and say, how can I be better? How can I, how can I be a better partner? How can I, yeah. I love that as a, as an affirmation or mantra or something like I was thinking about that, like what a great question to start the day with just for yourself. Like, mm. you know, just to you even. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I recently heard something about that in the, you know, I was doing some like looking at the, the Vedas, you know, some ancient mm-hmm. scriptures or whatever. And that one of the main prayers that these Brahmin priests or whatever have to say it's like the first thing, as soon as you open your eyes, make me better. Please make me a better person today. You know, that that's like always the first one because it's the humility of like acknowledging, you know, that you just wanting that, that connection to help you so that you're not just trying to, you know, do it on your own because we're, <laughs> we suck at doing it on our own because the right. first thing you do is forget and you're just like worrying about whatever shit you're always worried about. And, you know, and so that connection first thing, and I think that, yeah, the more that I reflect on that, it's like that always reconnects me. And so that, and I feel really strongly when I hear that song, it's, it's the same thing. It just grounds me back in that that real basic question yeah when i was listening to it i was thinking oh this is a great this i should ask this question of myself before i start talking to my partner and then i was like actually i should ask this question to myself first (laughs) that's it man (laughs) and then my partner because if i'm not being compassionate to me yeah yeah anyway I love it as the as the closer as the send off at mm. the end of the and that yeah that really came together um, in a really nice collaborative way too like Keith playing that on the guitar and then and then he kind of had the idea about the the modulation of the of the intro into the next part and it was just the it feels like and then at the end how did that happen it just we ended up reprising the melody, but at a different tempo with this different groove. And it just mm-hmm. had like this beautiful feeling of sending off, you know? Um, yeah. And that was, that was definitely something. I, I don't remember how you, how that happened, but felt like a really, you know, nice coming together of both of our skills and, and. Well, that's one of the, one of the cool, you know, just sort of ways that this happens to work is like, you know, when Kate arranges these songs or gets, or gets them started, you know, sometimes she does the whole thing. Sometimes she just get, has some, uh, ideas that get it started, but, um, you know, she does it on the piano or just, you know, she just hears something. So it's like vocal and or piano and then, and not on guitar. And then, so she give, brings me some kind of material that then I get to like sort of translate to the guitar. Yeah. And that just gives me like, like a fresh starting point right away. Kind of like what I was talking about before about like wanting to find new stuff on the guitar. So I'm always starting with something that's not of the guitar Right. Which always just kind of leads me right where I want to go, which is like mm-hmm. something I might not have necessarily thought of on guitar. So that when I was, so the outro she's talking about, when I kind of start the groove at the end, I kind of just used her melody from the intro, you know, as a, as a little figure to, to like get that groove going rather than just playing the chords or, or you know. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, again, it's like not, I probably wouldn't have, you know, thought of doing that, that exact thing, but it just works out well because it reprises the intro theme and then gets us into that outro. 
It also, I think it's because we, we, we have these opportunities to do stuff um, duo first. And then a lot mm-hmm. of these things kind of get flushed out and changed and, and they mature as we're playing them duo. And then right. you, you invite the band in and then it's just like, ah, you know. <laughs> right. They basically all get totally fleshed out on solo guitar. Like that's yeah. the next, the next step. And then we play them duo and then we have to figure out how to, how to spread that out you know, or um, amongst the band. Mm. Here's one more. This is It Happens All the Time in Heaven. relationship with Gary like you guys have been working with him for a long time right yeah he's been on every record but but the duo record (laughs) and yeah he really you know he shares our our love for you know melody and and you know really crafting the the harmony in a really specific way and just that attention to detail of just like, uh, in, you know, enhancing the mood of the song, not not just playing stuff to, to play jazz, but right. using our our skills. And, and you know, he, he's got a great ear and and command of of harmony, um, you know, to really just enhance the song that's that's trying to be played and enhance the beauty of it and and enhance the specificity of it. You know, that's something mm-hmm. where that's so important to us is like every song has, you know, some kind of specific mood that makes it that song as opposed to all the other mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. And to be able to retain that, you know, that mood, even as we, we improvise and as we change things and not have every song just sort of turn into the same open-ended improv sound. Yeah. So, and he's very, you know, very skilled and sensitive and at to that, and also loves that. So, uh, you know, and he plays organ and piano and accordion and and yeah, the accordion stuff's great. Yeah, love that. 
my one of the things I, I love so much is just how just how sparse you can go down to one note and one tiny sound and then you know and he's always he's really always uh I don't know he's he's uh, about momentum and he's about you know he's about groove he's kind of an an old old-timey cat in a way like he knows all the old guys and he's he just loves you know to be things to be grounded and in and swing and in groove and stuff like that he's not just into whatever uh um a lot of notes for notes sake you know and he can play them he can play as many as 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 you want but he doesn't (laughs) he's it always feels like a narrative to me it feels like he's just like ah in the middle of a story you know and he's and his story has like these trajectories where it's like there's nothing you know it's so you have to come in real close and listen and then he's gonna you know really tell you <laughs> where to get yeah, off he, come, he comes comes at things like a composer and like an arranger yeah. like like we do yeah. whether yeah. it's soloing whether it's a straight ahead jazz thing with no arrangement or whether it's something with a really really specific arrangement when did you first work with him kate do you remember yeah um it was with steve cardness it was before i met keith um and uh i think i was in a i was in a, a band um I met him through Jay Azalina, um, a guitarist, and um, uh, I was in a band with him and and Steve Cardness and Mark Ferber and Jay Azalina, and uh, you know it just felt such a. He's also he's super self depreciating and very you know <laughs> he's very funny and yeah I I just felt like we we just you know we came from the same you know pod. And uh, really yeah. understood each other. So, do you guys hear him like when you're when you're starting to create these tunes or arrangements? Do you hear his playing even before you bring him in? Like, is is your ear tuned to Gary so much or not so much? I just know, I, I, not not for me, but I now his sound is just so I don't know. It feels like so much a part of a, of the things that we we do in some ways i mean but it's always s- surprising to me what he plays so i i don't feel like i <laughs> i hear that on there but it usually yeah feels like i don't know i just know it's going to be something beautiful the right I thing know, yeah i, yeah, feel I like know a, some go ahead. Oh, go ahead keith i was just gonna agree yeah i i don't feel like i ever really know what he's gonna add to it but just that you know he'll take what we're doing and you know and just add another layer and and extend it you know one one more layer yeah i was gonna say i know a lot of writers who they really want to know who the ensemble is before Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. start writing even yeah Yeah. you know because they i don't they don't tailor it but they just know those voices so they're just like oh yeah i think john hollenbeck writes writes with for people in, in specifically you know and and gary's been one of his you know one of his uh frequent and he i mean he says that he said that about both theo and i that it's you know and i think on some of these these things he was writing specifically for um one of us. So I know that there's some people that really do that. Speaking of, uh, that recording, the Hollenbeck stuff, like how is it, Kate, how is it different for you when you approach a project like that, as opposed to your own project where you're also like co-producing and, mm. you know, where it's your name on yeah. the banner. <laughs> I don't have, I have very few, you know, things that I end up doing like that. John has mm-hmm. been one and it's been, you know, a long, he, he makes long relationships, which is great. You know, I think it's been 10 years or something that we've been, um, we worked on those, that trilogy of, um, yeah. of, uh, songs. I like a lot. You like a lot. We like a lot. And, um, and I, at first I was terrified and also, you know, he was writing the hardest music I've ever sung the hardest and it just i'm not a reader it's very very challenging for me so i was just grabbing on and and you know doing it by the skin of my teeth it made me a much better musician and 
also he's, he's got this great combination of humanity and and I don't know down to earthness and and love lover of essence you know um and I felt like he really he really got me but he also was like but this is what I'm writing so you're gonna have to do what you do on this (laughs) and um and uh you know so it was a big big challenge it's been a big challenge to do that every time but each time it gets more I think this last one it felt the most um uh the easiest for me to do it because I trust him and I also trust myself a lot more to be able to bring what it is that I do to whatever thing is happening, whatever I'm job that, you know, cause it all feels like, you know, I want to be of service. I want to do help them realize their vision the same way that I know I hope somebody is doing for me when they're playing for me. Cool. Um, how's, how is it in Durham? How's it being in Durham as opposed to like, you, you've been there quite a while as when did you leave New York city? 2009. Yeah. And we left. Was that? Yeah. Go ahead. Was that a hard transition or easy transition for you guys? It was, it was easier for me than, than for Kate. Cause I kind of from here. Okay. Um, and you know, for Kate, it was, she's definitely not from here. So uh. <laughs> it was, it was really a challenge for me because it came at a time when we had lost, you know, our, all these people. And I mean, for me, I lost both my parents and a, and a teacher that was really fundamental in my life. And then Keith's dad passed away very suddenly. And it was all just like in the same year. And, and we had also moved that year. And so I had lost my connection with New York and my community there in terms of a daily thing. And I didn't know anybody in Durham except for we had one, one friend here and I was just kind of, you know, free fall. (laughs) It was a real, it was a real dark time for me. It was very, very challenging. And then right away, as soon as we left, Keith, Keith uh, went on tour with Harry Connick Jr. He was (laughs) going all over the world and I was here and alone in, in, you know, in, uh, in Durham, in this place I didn't know. Right. Like literally was, like a week after we moved here or something. And I was like, all right. Bye. I'll see you. I'm hitting the road. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm used to, I'm used to going off and, you know, but yeah. I have a hard time when somebody else goes off and I'm the one. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's old abandonment stuff from being mm-hmm. a kid, but literally yeah. I'd just be like, ah, the whole time that somebody's gone. So it's, um, that that's a tough one. That still is, is there. It's a basic kind of yeah. at- attachment <laughs> disorder. Yeah. But Durham <laughs> feels like home now to you, Kate. Yeah, it does. And I think part of that process was that we we left um, right before the pandemic. We left and we moved away in nineteen. Uh, the right right now, uh, two years ago, we were moving to um, the San Francisco area, the Bay Area, and trying to start fresh over there and we just had a feeling like let's do it we're gonna rent out our houses and get rid of all our stuff and we'll move out west and start a new life and we were just like on this you know hell bent on this thing and we we did it for seven months and we were like (laughs) 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 take me back (laughs) yeah it was it was just it was like it was so clear and that was i think really great because the idea that I don't know, I could feel Keith felt it much sooner, of course. Um, but he was ready to go a lot sooner, but I, and I was still like, no, no, we came here to do something. I gotta. And I thought maybe I'm going to stay later. And then the pandemic hit and we were just like, okay, pull the plug on it. And we, we lost all our gigs, all our things in the same, like the same day or two, we lost, you know, our entire calendar. And we're just like, I guess it's time to go home. Well, we realized, you know, how much we both need a lot of space, like physical space and yep. and time to, to yep. like, you know, do, you know, that it takes us a long time to do things. And you lose both those things immediately when, when you live in a, in a big city that's really expensive mm-hmm. and you got to just work, work, work anytime you can. So that's, you know, when we left New York, that's what we came to here. 
And then, you know, after 10 years, we kind of got a little bit uh, bored and we thought like, hey, this would be an exciting new thing. Let's go for it. And it was for a little while, but then we immediately felt it was amazing. I actually felt when, when we moved from New York down to North Carolina, I remember driving down in the in the moving van with all our stuff and pulling the car. And when we got about, as we got like halfway, I just felt like, you know, as, as soon as you get out of the Northeast and it opens up and it's less dense and yeah. it's, you know, I just felt like this relief that I didn't realize I had been carrying for the whole time yeah. I was there. And I felt like, ah, like when we got home, I was like, oh my God, I'm home. And I feel like, you know, free again. And then when we moved to, we were living outside of Oakland and like, I felt that that exact feeling coming back, like in, you know, in reverse, I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is like what we left, like the feeling of everything closing in, you know, we're in this little apartment together. And if one person is doing a lesson, you know, yeah. you can't use the, <laughs> the other person yep. screwed. And, and also just the feeling of like, go, 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 go. Like you got to get as many gigs as you can and take every lesson you can. And, you know, just to dream about keeping up with the expense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that, that helped us re remember how much we right. need the, you know, the, the, the feeling of space and, and time yeah. that we have here. Yeah. Well, good, good awareness and yeah. good job going back <laughs> to, <laughs> yep. to what serves you well. Um, want to be conscious of time because I know you guys got stuff coming up. But um, thank you both so very much, Keith. Thank it's you. great it's to pleasure. meet you, Kate. It's Blessings. such a joy to see you always. I love the new look, the hairstyle, all of the stuff <laughs> for the new album. It's super cool and. Yeah, Thanks, congratulations Steve. on the album. It's it's beautiful, really gorgeous. Thank you. Thank really you, Steve. That. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thanks for, for talking with us. It's really fun. Thank you both. Hey, everyone. Just a few things before you head out the door. First of all, if you'd like to learn more about Kate McGarry and Keith Gons, you can check out Kate on Instagram at Kate Genevieve McGarry. That's K-A-T-E-G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-M-C-G-A-R-R-Y. Her Facebook is Kate McGarry 2 on Twitter at McGarry underscore Kate. And you can check out Keith on Instagram at Keith Gons Music. You can also check out their new album on Spotify, on Apple Music, uh, I would encourage you to go buy the album on Amazon, support them directly. They've got some shows coming up if you're in the Durham area, coming up October 22nd. And you can learn more about them on the website, KeithMcGarry.com. Thanks again. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Love to grow the audience and get these artists the attention they so deserve. Meanwhile, take good care and we'll see you again real soon. <laughs>